What's up, guys? I just had an amazing podcast with my guy, the real Jason Duncan, on the root of all success. And I got to tell you one thing, guys, the energy, electric, you know, we dive deep into a lot of different things about marketing, a lot of things that business owners would want to know from somebody who has been in the marketing space, who has had success in marketing for the past 15 years, and questions that you as a business owner would want to know. But guys, it's a great podcast. Take a look at it. Take a listen. Jason's the man. Thank you for having me. Welcome to the root of all success with the real Jason Duncan, a podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs unlocked success and how their stories can help you do the same. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason has built multi-million dollar businesses that have been featured in Inc. Magazine and Entrepreneur Magazine. His life's mission now is helping entrepreneurs live what he calls hashtag the exit lifestyle. Introducing TEDx speaker, mastermind leader, author, entrepreneur, cigar aficionado, motorcycle enthusiast, and host of the root of all success, the real Jason Duncan. The real Jason Duncan. Welcome back to another edition of the show. I am the real Jason Duncan. I've got John Vaguero on the show today. John is the CEO and the founder of a global digital marketing agency called Adapting Social. And he started the business at age 17. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about his 15-year experience of running a company, getting through those years of offering free services to getting to the place now where he has offices in New York and Miami, all over the world. And he's working with people like Bentley and Ferrari and Columbia University and real estate firms like Compass and Remax. He started out selling door to door in the winter and it took him a long time to get to his first yes. And we're going to be talking about the power of persistence in the show today, how he was able to persist through all the times when most people would have given up. And you're going to hear him talk about that story. You're also going to hear him talk about how he was able to retire his mom through the success of his business, which I admire significantly. But he is a guy that knows marketing. He knows social. He knows how to advertise. And I'm going to uh, you're going to hear me ask him some pretty tough questions at the beginning about how let's look under the curtain uh, behind the curtain, rather, uh, of what these art marketing agencies are doing and why some of them, so many of them suck and how you can make sure that you choose the right one. So he has his own podcast, which we'll talk about at the top of the show that you want to check out. He's in the top 5% of podcasts with his show, and he has a really big, good, engaged Instagram following, which we'll talk, we'll talk about as well. So please help me welcome John Vaguero to the root of all success. Hey there, John. Welcome to the show. Jason, thank you for having me, man. I'm honored to be here. Yeah, it's good to see you, man. You had, you were, you had me on your show, uh, the Breaking Barriers podcast, about a month or so ago. So I don't know if that's been released yet, but... We can talk about podcasts because I know people who listen to podcasts want to hear other good podcasts. So let's start with telling people about your show and uh, give everybody a plug about that. Thanks, man. Yeah. So Breaking Barriers, we started it uh, around 2017, uh, 2016 going to 2017. Um, and, you know, and in a nutshell, the show is about what is it that's holding us all back and what barriers that we're, that we're holding on to. Do we need to break through, right? Whether that's mental health, whether that's, you know, our own limiting beliefs, whether that's our circumstances that we grew up into. Um, and we really focus on uh, primarily entrepreneurship. We will sometimes bring on like celebrities or athletes and people like that too, to talk about their journeys and how they did it. But really it's just, we want to learn, we want to dive deep and understand from, from great entrepreneurs, like what was the real, real stuff. And by the way, am I allowed to curse in this podcast or is this, you is say it... whatever you'd like to say? All right. Cause my podcast, I got, I got explicit ratings after the first <laughs> few weeks of being live. Um, but anyway, so, you know, a lot of us, we talk about the sexy shit, right? And it's like entrepreneurship's gotten really cool and sexy, but nobody talks about the, 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 the crazy stuff you had to get to, to get to where you are today. So in our podcast, that's what we try to do. We try to talk about the real shit that people had to go through to get to where they are. And what were the barriers, right? Was it financial, was it, was it their, you know, upbringing with their parents or, you know, things that they had challenges with just stuff like that. So in a nutshell, you know, we go deep into that and, and what was the lesson, right? Cause I, I'm a big believer. I like stoic philosophy and I love, you know, any fool can learn from their own mistakes, but it takes a wise person to learn from somebody else. 
And so that's what we try to pull out. We try to pull out what were the what were the mistakes, what were the barriers, how'd you get through them? And hopefully people take away some of those those barriers and and you know apply them to their own journeys. So we'll put the uh put the link to breaking barriers in our show notes. So everybody go check that out. You can check it out on I assume all podcast players. Yep. All right. So go check out Breaking Barriers Podcast with John Vigero. So John, um, you've experienced a lot of success since you started your business at age 17. You're in this marketing business, advertising business. And uh, man, I get approached by marketing people every single day of my life. And it's driving <laughs> me insane. I just got an email uh, pre-show. I was looking at my email right before I came on the show today. And and this person was like, Hey, I heard you on, and it named somebody the podcast, blah, blah, blah. Thought it was great. Looked up your, looked up your website, love what you're doing, real estate investing, you know? And, and I'm like, okay, I do real estate investing, but that's not anywhere on my website. So he obviously didn't read my website, but then in the <laughs> end, like, I have no idea what this guy's asking me to do. So if you, right. if you suck that bad at asking me to work with you as an advertising agency or a company, like I'm not even, no, absolutely no. So what is it that, why, why are so many advertising and marketing agencies suck so bad at reaching out where people like you have killed it? Let's take a quick break to thank our amazing sponsors for making this podcast possible. Hey, I want to talk with you about one of my favorite tools as a salesperson and as an entrepreneur, and that tool is Dub. I want you to imagine for a minute getting an email from somebody and instead of just being the plain old crappy text in an email, rather than just having a bunch of HTML where it's pictures and stuff, what if it was a video and the video had a little GIF and it was playing right there in the email as soon as you opened it and it had your name, like it said, hello, Jason, check this out. And then you clicked play and it played right there in your inbox in the window. And it was somebody trying to tell you how great you are, or how awesome they can help you, how good they can help you out. That is the power of video emails. I want you to try Dub out. I've been using it for years. I have closed countless millions of dollars in sales over the last six years or so using Dub. And you can do it too. All you got to do is go to therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub. That's D-U-B-B. TheRealJasonDuncan.com slash Dub. Dub will help you make an impact in your sales through video. It's going to help you with, they've even got a CRM built into it. You can build landing pages. You can do campaigns, even SMS campaigns. You can set up automations to manage workflows and maximize conversions. And like I said, they've got an existing software platform inside Dub to take your CRM to the next level. Try this out. Get a free special just by being a listener to the podcast. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash dub. Get two weeks to try it for free and 50% off your first two months. That's therealjasonduncan.com slash dub. 40 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had your business in the yellow pages. You remember those things? <laughs> And 30 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a door-to-door -door salesman. 20 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a website. And today, you're not in business unless you're doing social media content. Am I right? Social media content. Social media content in the form of like micro content, which is 30 to 60 second spots on Instagram Reels or TikTok or YouTube Shorts. That's the way business is done. As a matter of fact, that may be how you found out about this podcast or me as a business coach. This medium that we're using today to communicate what we do is vitally important. And just recording yourself isn't enough. You've got to do it right. And my friends over at Story do it right. And one of the problems with doing it wrong is that you sit around thinking, well, what the heck am I going to record? How, what am I going to say? How am I going to say it? Like, I don't know what to talk about. Well, Story takes all of that away from you. Stop wasting time trying to come up with content because Story will send you a video prompt on what to record. You can pick the categories you want to record in, whether it's real estate, entrepreneurship, finance, relationship, leadership, life insurance. It could be anything. Don't waste time on that. And by the way, if you're not confident in talking on video or if the video editing portion takes up way too much of your time, Story will edit the videos to perform well on social media. They add the subtitles, the pop-ups, the zoom cuts. They remove all the filler words like uh and um and uh. They remove the awkward pauses. 
and then they take that video and post it for you. They write the captions, they add the relevant hashtags, and they post it on the platforms that you care about the most. It's exactly what you need to be in business today and to be successful at it. So if you want to learn how to do social media the way the influencers do, you need to go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story. And that story with two whys. Why? Because they're awesome. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story. That's S-T-O-R-Y-Y for 10% off your first three months to try story out. You're going to thank me later. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now, back to the show. Well, I think the problem is, is that people, well, I, mean, I don't like using the words problem. I think the challenge that most companies have in general, right, are how can we scale and acquire more clients, right? And the thing that marketing agencies tend to do is they tend to lean on their, what they're native to, right? So email, like if you're a marketer and you're not you know, savvy to email, then you're not a marketer, right? But so they, they go, because pounding the phones back in the day, like when I started adapting social 15 years ago, I was going, I was door knocking, Jason. I was pounding yeah. the phones. I was doing all that stuff. Agencies <laughs> are not doing that anymore, right? They just clutter inboxes like nuts because they just want to, they email you on LinkedIn. They're cluttering your inbox and they, they're, they're hoping they're hoping, hoping, hoping that they say one thing that's going to get you to go. So to me, you know, I, we've never liked that approach. You know, one of the things when I first started, I, I, I was very blessed that when I started the company, instead of me, I, I was door knocking for sure. But once I started getting some clients through my, my door knocking and those different efforts, I was able to put some money towards, at the time, Google AdWords, right? Not Google Ads, they're new and improved, but Google AdWords. And it was so insanely cheap. So I was getting clients at that time that were on Google or on, you know, Yahoo or the major search engines. And I was paying a couple cents per lead that would be paying me a couple hundred dollars. Right. So the, the, the ROI was just ridiculous. And so I was able to build a reputation and, and I, and I'm a big believer in this still is I, I want to give first before I, I receive. Right. So like when I, even with my Google AdWords back then, if I had a couple of clients come in and they wanted a website design for them as an example, right. I would say to them, what, what did you pay for your last website? And if they said, oh, I paid a thousand or I paid 500 bucks, because it was like 15 years ago. They go, I paid $400, 500, whatever it was. I would say, all right, I'll do it for 200, right? And they'd be like, what, are you serious? And then I would over exceed their expectations on based what they thought they would receive on 200. So my yeah. point though is, is the word of mouth paired with my Google ads at that time frame just rocket fueled us. And that's how we really spread across the US and then eventually now, you know, serving our, our entrepreneurs in 20 countries. But I haven't really, I don't like the spammy thing though, you know? So I think they're doing what they think is best. And that's why they're cluttering your inbox. But yeah. it's, it's just not, it's, it's not the right way to move, you know, but well, they gotta do what they gotta do. So let's, I, I would like to talk about this because I think, I think the listeners, um, I don't think we get a lot of the behind the curtain views from people like you that are successful in the advertising marketing space. Yeah. How this really works, because I can tell you the companies that I choose to work with in advertising and marketing are companies that reach out to me in a way that gets my attention. They offer value. They're not spammy, as you said, and they actually legitimately seem like they know what they're talking about. And I'm going to give you an example. I'm not going to name the company uh, yeah. because because obviously I, they might be direct competitors. I, I, I think I'd do something anyway. Well, so this dude reaches out to me through InMail on mm -hmm. LinkedIn. He actually started following me on LinkedIn, started commenting on stuff occasionally, not like the over the top, like some of these guys do. They just start liking everything you post. Yeah. And then he, he reached out and sent me a message and said something to the effect of, I could go back and read it, but like, Hey, not selling you anything. Just want you to know, I'd be happy to do X, Y, and Z for you 100% free if you're interested. And he had been so consistent and reached out. I thought, okay. Um, we'll, we'll call him, we'll call him uh, bill. His name yep. is not bill, but the, the, <laughs> so bill reached out to me and, and I thought, okay, you have my attention. You've done good job because I get so much crap and BS from people. Like you've done a good job. You have my attention. So we booked a call and had a call with him and he legitimately had the whole call. He was just asking me questions, asking me questions, kind of understanding where it was. He wasn't trying to pitch me anything. He goes, okay, here's what we do. Here's how we do it. We don't charge anything for X, Y, and Z. If that's what you want, we'll do it. If it works, then we can work. I was like, okay, you have my attention. Now that whole process took right. probably 90 to 120 days. And I'm wow. just now signing an agreement with him. I mean, my attorney 
just sent me the okay that the agreement's good to go. So right. for me, that's the only people I'm going to work with. I'm going to work on if you're if you're trying to get it fast and close a deal. Right. Stop talking to me. Why? Why am I different? Am I different than most people that you're working with, or or what what are you experiencing on your side behind the curtain as a marketing guy? So I would so 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 first thing so. 120 day cycle my, my man should have been doing better that's that's a long cycle so i don't know what <laughs> bill's doing over there but 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 no but you know what though here's what i'll tell you when i work with entrepreneurs like yourself that that are very very you know they they, they have a lot of business acumen they have experience you know they don't just like if we were to put it in terms of dating right they don't want to go right into the sack right away okay they want to date first they want to know who you know they want to know where you've been blah 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 and that's as they should right due diligence is a beautiful thing when you're when you're experienced and you're a seasoned entrepreneur so um i do see a lot of that in, in my space that that people do want to understand who you are where you've been and what you can accomplish um i think the thing that we're seeing more so is people it's not about the fluffing. We don't live in a world anymore where people care about like, oh, you know, you, you know, they don't just care about what you've done. What we're starting to see now is also social impact factors, right? So at Adapting Social, we work with clients ranging from, you know, a real estate agent, an individual real estate agent who's just trying to grow and build their, their GCI, right? Gross, gross commission income, um, all the way to, you know, Fortune 500 companies, right? And so the, the difference between the, that gap is in most cases, we'll see people say, wow, the stuff you're putting out there on Adapting Social, because we have a full you know, service media team and things like that. So we try to stay trendy with that stuff. Some people will see what we're doing and be like, damn, that looks sick. I want to do that. Let's go. Let's move. Sign one day, not even not even 24-hour cycle. And now we're working with bigger companies that, that are multi-million dollar businesses. They're not trying to take, they're taking their time, right? They don't care. They, they want to know who you are and do the due diligence. Um, but ultimately at the end of the day, what we're seeing is it comes down to results, right? And, and that's mm -hmm. the biggest, that's the biggest thing. So with us, what we preach, what we preach here at adapting is it's about generating revenue and brand credibility in your marketplace, in your geographics. So when we show people and we get our actual customers, you know, in front of, cause I'm a big, I'm a big referral guy too. So like if I have, you know, right now we're pitching a huge fortune 500 company right now. And they're, they're asking us for a few things. I over my team, my sales team, my sales director over delivered. He goes, they're trained to think like entrepreneurs. So they go, Hey, you didn't ask for this, but here are, here's 10 phone numbers to random clients that are in similar verticals as you that we've been working with for a couple of years and have generated millions of dollars for them specifically through our channels and our marketing efforts. Here you go. If you want to speak to them, they, they know that you will potentially be emailing or calling them and they'll be expecting it, right? People don't do that, right? I run my business as if I'm the person on those phones and that's what I would expect. And so that's just how we operate. So, so typically, you know, that's what I would say is out there. That's what we're seeing. So interesting that you mentioned, uh, you, you use the phrase jump in the sack. This, I actually now remember the first, the first call that I had with Bill. Uh, I was on my motorcycle. It was a Zoom call, but I was on yeah. my motorcycle heading to heading to uh, a meeting. And I, I do Zoom calls for my motorcycle. I've got a mount on my phone or my handlebars that aims at me. And I'm, and of course, in a helmet. And the guy was like, Bill was like, are you on a motorcycle? I'm like, no, nah, I just wanted to help <laughs> in the office. <laughs> but, I was, but I was literally on it. He was like, well, this is odd. I've never done this before. But But his positioning was, hey, man, I just want this call to go so well that I can get a second date with you. That was what he said. And I thought, you know what? Also very clever. I thought, okay, I get it. And he wasn't trying to over the top. And, but, but I like what you said too. You said it's all about results. So let me ask you a really, this might be an easy question for you. It might be a challenging question, but I think every person listening wants me to ask this question. Why then do advertising agencies and marketing agencies charge on the front end and not charge on the results if it's all about results? Yeah. Listen, at the end of the day, like, I, so I believe in that methodology when you are a small business, like if Bill has 10 and 10 employees or five employees, or if anybody listening out there, that's an agency owner has a few as a handful, or they're a solopreneur at the moment, then, then fuck. Yeah. Like you should be doing shit for free. Like you should be right. 
But at my, like, you know, with adapting social, right? Like in, in the agencies that we do, you're, you're, you're paying for that type of seasoned experience, right? Like, and I know that you, based on our conversations in the past, you know, you're, you're religious, you know, you want to be with somebody who's walked through the valley, not just talked about going through the valley, right? So, and so if you're going on a tour guide through the valley, and you have somebody who you don't know, never heard of, you know, but they're, they're willing to give you a free tour and you pay at the end versus somebody who's been to the Valley a million times. Right. But you got to pay, right. Who are you going to go with? Right. And, and typically I use that reference mainly in the jungle. And I say, you know, you're going to go with a tour guide from the jungle who, who, you know, is, is free, or you're going to go through somebody who has been through that jungle every day for the past 15, 20 years. And you know, you're not going to be a bit, Attacked this, that, because they know the way. Whereas on the other side, yeah, it's free. But, and this is the thing that, that I don't like about that model is you're still spending ad spend, right? So even at the end of the day, if you're like, hey, everything's free. I need five Gs a month in ad spend. And boom, that just tanks. And you have a couple months in, money is being spent no matter what, right? So yeah. the point though is, is that's my ideology on it. But when, when I was early phase, I was that guy. Like, listen, I'll do it, whatever. There were cases where I did it for free for a couple months, not asking for anything. And then just wanted, once I got them some revenue and they trusted me, then we'll go. But, you know, with us at Adapting Social, you know, we have office space in the Freedom Tower in New York City, iconic building, right? We have office space in Miami, in London, uh, in New Jersey. Now, we live in a remote world. Right now, like I said to you, I just moved into my new home, you know, I'm working remote today. But why does that matter? That matters because we are in the we're, we have locations and people in the best spots across the, the world when it comes to marketing and building brands. And so that's the experience, you know, that you're paying for. Some of the biggest people, right? Like, I don't know if you've ever heard of Droga, right? But Droga is the big, like, they're one of the biggest, most respected marketing agencies in the world, right? And in order to take a meeting with them, just to talk about what you want to do, not like literally not even get a proposal, right? Just to talk to them. I'm pretty sure it's high six figures to sit at a table with these guys, right? But you're paying for that experience. So with us, we know what we do. We're confident in it. We've been doing it for, you know, 15 years now. So that's our ideology. So it's not so much, hey, let's get it on the back end. I also, we've been in positions too where I've seen, I have friends who own agencies that operate in that model. It's, it's, it's a model, in my opinion, right? Everybody does their own thing, but it's a model of desperation. I'm willing to say, hey, I'll do shit for you for free, you know, no contracts and whatever else. I've had people build marketing like that for people and businesses, and then they decided they got the, they got the whole entire you know strategy. They're doing it. They're you know they're going to get paid on the back end, and then they just left, <clears throat> and they just said, oh no, I'm gonna you know this isn't working. We don't want it. But we the, that my friend knew definitively they were getting leads, but didn't get compensated for it because they just walked away. And it was that easy to walk away. So. Yeah. It also gives you some skin in the game too, uh, you know, for it. But, but yeah, so I don't know. That's, that's my ideology of it, you know, and I think that it's a, it's, it's a model. It's a way to get in front of people who are not looking to, to spend um, and to get them to spend, right? So it's, it's a whole market. People will do it. And I've had, I've, I've, we've turned on a lot of clients, like a lot of clients over the years because they've tried to get the pay, the, the pay, the pay per results model. Um, but just not, just not our thing. Well, I, I, and it certainly, it doesn't, it's not something that I think everybody has to do. I think what, I think the question that I have, and I think most reasonable business owners think the same thing. The question that we have is that, Hey, can we just work on a fair exchange model? So here's, here's what that means. Maybe yeah. you charge me up front. That's fine. It's not where the charge happens. It's the fact that results are attached to that. Yeah. So on a fair exchange model, you charge me a hundred grand to do a hundred thousand dollars of work. And the yep. value that I get is more than a hundred thousand. That's ultimately how that should work. But yep. if you charge me a hundred grand and I get either zero or less than a hundred, anywhere right. less than a hundred, that's not a fair exchange. So I think we, as mm. the business owners are just looking for somebody in the marketing world to say, Hey man, this is going to be at least a fair exchange mm. in, in terms of you're going to get at least what you're paying for in terms of revenue back if not more. And if I don't deliver it, we'll make it right. That's really, right. I think what most people are asking because your, your example of the agencies, you know, that don't charge up front and they do it on the back. And then somebody steals all the intellectual property and the way they're doing it and goes and does it on their own. That's a criminal exchange. And the agency started the criminal exchange. They were the one that initiated it. It's like, Hey, I'll do it for free. You don't have to pay me. Yeah, who cares? And, the, and they, they allowed the person to go steal it. 
Well, they've, be, they've, they've initiated a criminal exchange, so they're just as bad off as the person who stole it. None of us sure. want that. And if you want that, you're a criminal. Like none of us yeah. are interested in that. I think I think we as business owners, John, looking at people in the marketing agencies and and, and advertising agencies like you guys, we had we admire the ones who who rose to the top like you've done. And I mean, yeah. having office spaces where you have it, you, you're no chump if you've been able to accomplish that. We just say, hey, if we want to work with you, this got to be fair, man. It's got to be a fair exchange. If I pay a hundred G's, I need I need at least a hundred thousand dollars in revenue just to justify right. the fact that we work together. I think. I think that's reasonable. I mean, you would agree, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you know, what? So I want to put it. So you mentioned real estate earlier. Um, uh, do you have you do you have like a real estate portfolio? Like are you in the real estate game? Because I'm going to give you an example if you are. A little bit. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in there a little. Uh, all right. Yeah, I, I am as well. And I think one of the things that I think we both can understand and, and relate to is how when you're building something right and you're utilizing contractors, right? There's always some, like let's just use it as a scope of work similar to marketing, right? If there's a scope of work similar to marketing and you say, hey, I want you to build an addition on Jason's house, right? Great. Cool. All right. What are you looking for? All right. I want two doors. I want this, whatever. We give them the whole scope. Okay. Almost, I would say eight, maybe, maybe, and that might be ambitious, but I'm going to say eight out of 10 times, right? Something goes wrong. Oh shit. We hit a water main or, oh crap. You know, there's a pipe here. We didn't see the pipe or, hey, this is a load bearing wall. Can't even do this in this wall now. Right. Oh, okay. No problem but now it's going to cost more money or it's going to be this, it's going to cost more time. It's going to be whatever. What we typically see in most service-based businesses is that the fair, the fair trade, right? is typically never really there, but in the marketing segment, because it's so tied to growth of revenue and growth of brand that people look at it differently. Right. And, and, and that's okay. But I think the one thing that if we look at more, more industries and more segments like that, it's almost typically always similar like that where you put some dollars out and you maybe didn't get exactly what you're supposed to be getting or it winds up costing more money than you expected. Um, but the one thing I want for the business owners listening, right, is this, is that at the end of the day, you, when you look at the biggest brands in the world, right, and some of them we've been so blessed to work with. And the one thing I've gotten from a lot of these people who have been become mentors of mine that are, that are these huge Fortune 500 people are... It's an investment to build your brand and to be in front of people constantly. And that investment doesn't always yield a, a very calculated and data-driven income, right? Or metric for you, right? But if you look at McDonald's, right? If, if you ask anybody in the world, like, what do, you, what do you think of a hamburger that you can get on any place in the planet? You know, typically McDonald's pops up in people's minds. Do they have the best burgers? Absolutely not, right? Nope. Do they have the, the best quality food? Absolutely not, right? But... What do they have? The best branding and the best marketing. And they're just everywhere. So they're always yeah. just in your face. So it's an investment that most people that I want, the, like if you take away anything from me today about marketing and building a brand, the one thing I want to say is that in the 15 years that I've been doing this, the people who play scared money, and again, that typical cliche saying that you don't make money, but it really comes down to one thing. If you're not out there in front of people, you're not going to grow. You're not going to build your brand. Um, and I see people with crappy products, crappy services that are constantly out there, scale a business, right? And eventually it catches up to the people, right? But I've still seen it happen. And so it's an investment. So understand your runway, right? Your cash runway and what your willingness is. And then that's what you should be doing when you're working with marketing agencies. Hey, here's my cash runway. Here's what I'm going to give this. And here's my expectations. But as a business, you should always have a brand and a presence out there marketing it, right? Not expect, again, it's just awareness in your marketplace, constantly, constantly going. So you've been extremely successful in the marketing world. I mean, you've done this now, as you said, for 15 years, you've got, you've been working with Bentley, Ferrari, Columbia University, Compass, Remax. You've got offices in Miami and New York. You're, you, you're killing it. Congrats. You've done really Thank great. You. So if you had to distill all that success down to one key, like if you said, this is the one thing I know there are many, but like, what's the one main thing you said, this unlocks success for me. Just movement. Honestly, for me, it's movement. Like I never let the pursuit of perfection stop me from making progress. I didn't go to college. I started this at a high school, right? So like, and while I was in high school, I was in remedial classes, right? So I had a teacher's aide in the room with me and I had all this other stuff. So they, my, my school system, since I've been in second grade, 
you know, said to me, my parents that I had learning disabilities. So growing up, like my advantage there was that I just didn't have the same level of like, oh, I got it. I, I didn't get an A plus. Like I was, we were celebrating if I got a C plus on my fridge. Right. So, <laughs> so, so the thing is, is at the end of the day for me, I'm willing to bump into the guardrails. I'm hungry, but I, I've always, um, and I got this quote from Steve Jobs, but he said, stay hungry, stay foolish. And I've always, and to me, that's movement though, right? I'm hungry, I'm moving, and, and I'm not going to be too smart enough to the point where I'm like too logical and saying, well, you know what, John, this, 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 this isn't going to work, right? This podcast, I'm in my house right now, my new home. They literally just set up the Wi-Fi like minutes ago, right? Before we started. <laughs> and my, all my laptop chargers and stuff were either at my office or at my house. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, damn, does Riverside have an app? I'm like running around here trying to get this up. But like, if, if, if I was super logical, what I would have done was I would have got on my phone. I would have emailed my team and said, hey, let Jason know we got to reschedule this, right? But, but that's not how I roll. I move, man. I want to move. I don't want to stay still and I want to move, right? So like to me, I would say it's movement and it's those two things, uh, being hungry enough and being foolish enough and that combined ideology. Now, 15 years later, I have a little bit more business acumen and wisdom than, than I had when I first started. And so I'm more calculated, but yeah. I, th I think the best thing I ever heard was ready, fire, aim. That's how I operate. Not ready, aim, fire, right? I'm not going to wait and miss an opportunity for my shot. I'm going to fire shots left and right. And, and if I have to recalibrate and reload, I'm going to do that. I'm fine with that. But ready, fire, aim is how I live my life. So how do you define success? What's your, what's John Baguero's definition of success? has nothing to do with money. It has everything to do with my family. It has everything to do with spending quality time with them. Um, I reti so <clears throat> I retired my mom, um, you know, and, and for me, she is like everything to me, but she, she is somebody that means the world to me. I wouldn't be who I am without her, but I retired my mom. That to me is success. Boom. Like my mom, my mom took care of me. She had five, again, I'm the oldest of five siblings. Like that's success to me. You know, my wife, you know, uh, I, again, we just, we just bought, you know, for me, my, I, I got, I got lucky. I married a conservative woman who doesn't care about materialism things. Um, but you know, again, my wife, you know, her whole thing, and this is where my, my, my mindset has shifted is <clears throat> if I can take care of my family, you know, I can enjoy what I do. I can be present. I have, a, I have a child now. So my son who's seven months old, you know, I can be there with him. I can be a great role model for him. You know, and he says, damn, you know, my dad's a good guy. He's there for people. You know, if somebody fell down on the street, he's going to help them up. You know, if somebody needs help there, he's going to go help them. It's just service, man. To me, success is service and being able to do it on your own terms. On my podcast, I like to ask people at the end, which, which you know, because I asked you that question of what would your tombstone say? To me, like, it's like just I, I'm a servant to my family and friends, but I do it on my terms, right? Meaning, yeah. like, I, I want to enjoy what I'm doing in the process, but I want to just be a big pair of, of hands and, and serve, man. I just want to serve everybody I can. Well, I love that. So based on that <laughs> definition, do you consider yourself to be a successful person? I would say to me, success is not something that is, is not, it's not given and it's not a trophy we put up on a shelf, in my opinion. It's an endless mountaintop, right? We're climbing Mount Everest. And the thing is, every time we get to the top, there's another level unlocked. So yeah. I would say right now I have work to do, man. I, I want to spend more time with my parents. I want to spend more time with my wife, my, my son. Um, I want to be, I want to be a better husband, you know, so, so I would not say, so for me right now, I would say I'm on that road. I'm climbing, I'm climbing. I don't think, I don't think I have the trophy. I don't think I ever will have the trophy. Um, but I think that, you know, I, I'm, I'm just doing my best to move forward in those directions. Well, I appreciate the humility. I can sense that in you, but I, I think from the outside looking in, you're killing it, man. You're doing, you're doing great, successful from the outside looking in. And even based on your definition, service on your own terms, I think you've yeah. developed and built a life around that. I mean, not college educated, started a business in high school. You know, you, you're, you're, you've got offices in these different locations, working with these huge, huge companies. Congrats, man. You've done really well. So I want to ask you, ask you another question. If you had to speak directly to every entrepreneur, listen to this on, listen to this episode. And you're talking one on one. You say, "Hey, man, this is the one piece of advice that John Baguero has for you." What would that one piece of advice be for entrepreneurs? 
don't, this is the piece of advice that one of my mentors gave to me and it's going to be elongated. So just be ready. It's going to be over two minutes. We're breaking some rules here. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But it's don't ever, 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 continuum ever give up. And, and I, when I first heard that I was about, I think I was 18 at the time. And the guy who gave me that piece of advice was a mogul in a telecommunication space. Um, multi, dude was a multi-billionaire. And he told me this. And when he said it to me, Jason, he said it. But he said the Evers for so long. I'm not even kidding. He kept going, kept going. And eventually, I'm like, all right, come on. I'm 18. I'm a young kid. I got no attention span. I'm like, come on. And he said, don't ever give up. And this is the thing. What I took from it when he first said it to what I think about that now right, is when you give up, there's a lot of things that happen, okay? One, you start to lose faith in yourself, right? And, and no matter what people say, the only thing that matters in this world is what happens between your two ears. And it's your perspective, and it's what you think about yourself, what you believe to be true, and then what your limiting beliefs are. And what I've learned, because I've had some failures, right? But failure to me is a fucking blessing. I literally, like, once my son is old enough, and I have more kids. I want like five kids, man. I want a big family, right? So for me, at the table, the question every day at dinner, right? Because we're going to have mandatory dinners every day, right? Besides the weekends. But the question I'm going to ask is, what did you fail at today? What did you fail at, right? Because fail, failing to me is I tried something, oh, shit, but I get, I'm going to get back on the horse though, right? Like failing is not a bad thing, right? But giving up to me is what most people think is failure. Giving up is under, it's the, it's the bottom of a shoe to me in terms of failure, right? So to me, I identified the fact that giving up, like for, again, perfect example. When I first started, I was not the best marketer. I was not the best web designer. I was not the best, all these different things I was trying to do myself. But guess what happened over time with me not giving up? Every year I got better. Every year I knew more people. Every year more people knew what I was doing. Eventually, if you don't give up and you stay in your lane, if you love it, of course, Something starts to happen and people begin to know who you are and it's just literal math. You're only going to keep getting better at what you're doing. And that to me is a big part of like why I'm here today. I just didn't give up, man. And everybody around me, I remember the first time I went to my accountant and my parents' account at the time and I showed him my first year statement. And he goes, John... I don't, I think this is more of a hobby, my man. This is not, this is not really a business. Like you can't like not go get a job after high school here. Like you should really like consider like just doing this for fun, like, and, and, and like focusing on an actual career. And, and I, I could have took that. Most people would take that and be like, this guy went to college. He's educated. He runs a, a big tax firm, you know, whatever. But I didn't give up. And I think that's the biggest thing. And it sounds cliche. And with the internet, there's so many things that exist out there that make people think that things are, you know, too small. But that's what it is, man. Don't ever give up on, on something that you feel like you could be good in. Because when you look at any of these people, Cristiano Ronaldo or Tom Brady, some of the highest paid athletes in the world, like what were they doing when they're in peewee football, playing every day, practicing, but they never gave up, right? If, if people, and that's the thing I would get curious about, even that example, if somebody was in school, Tom Brady, but played football the same exact, you know, and they were a decent quarterback, right? And, but they played as long as Tom Brady's played, how good would they be in a 20 year career? They probably would have been really great eventually, right? If they were a quarterback that was just decent, my point is, is don't give up. That would be my biggest thing. And I know it sounds cliche, but that, that's, been, that's been for me, what what I focus on the most is that I could have given up a bunch of times, and a lot of people do give up because yeah. it's hard. Yeah. Well, but, the, and, and the power of persistence is underrated. Uh, I think a persistent person will outperform a person who's better educated, better, more well funded, you know, better, better connected. A persistent yeah. person will outperform all those people. So I love that as your piece of advice, and it reminds me of what Napoleon Hill said. He said, "With every failure, there is the seed of the equivalent." advantage mm. or benefit. So every time you mm. fail, a seed of something equivalent or greater has been planted. And if you just wait, like if, you know, an oak tree and when that seed is planted, it will be an oak tree. It might take 20, 30, 50, hundred years before you see what it really looks like, but it's coming. So when you screw up, when you fail, when you go 
when you skin your knee, you fall off the bike, you have to get back up and keep riding because you just learned something. As a matter of fact, my, my uh, newsletter that I just emailed out to my people this morning was on the power of persistence. And I told uh, a little bit of that story. Yeah. Thomas Edison, Thomas Edison, of course, the greatest example of the never give up attitude, 10,000 mm. attempts at creating a light bulb. And he said, I learned 9,999 ways not to create a light bulb. And now <laughs> I've got a light bulb. So if he'd given up at light bulb number eight or number 50 or number, number 5,000, none of us would have blamed him. Like, yeah, man, it didn't work. It's all right. You worked hard. Congratulations. But now he pushed through and we have electric light with phonograph. We had all these amazing inventions because this guy never gave up. So John, I love Dude, that's a I fire. That. That's a fire example. I love, love, love that example. I love yeah. that. Well, you can you're welcome hey, can, to use it. <laughs> can I, can I, I want to, I want to give one more piece of advice if I could. Yeah. And this only came up, it came up for me today, but it was around, um, allowing other people's limiting beliefs that they impose and they feel on themselves and their own insecurities on you and understanding the difference, right? Because listen, most people, if you're untrained and you don't understand it, again, like not everybody out there has heavy personal development like you do or like I do. So they take advice very seriously. And the one thing is, I'll put it into layman's terms, don't go to the gym and hire a fat trainer. You would never do that, right? Don't go, don't go to, don't go to a financial advisor and hire somebody who's living paycheck to paycheck, right? Don't get advice from somebody that, that in such an important thing, like if it's, if it's about your career trajectory, if it's about your business trajectory, go talk to somebody who you want to be like, who you aspire to be like, don't get advice from people. Like I, I was, I was somebody who did this. I would go and ask my friends, their parents and shit. And like my, my family, but my family wasn't doing what I wanted to do but I was asking them that advice. And too many times we get that type of advice from the wrong people. We're going to the fat trainer to ask how we can lose that, lose that, lose that, lose, lose those pounds. And they're right. going to help you. They can't do it themselves. Why are you asking them? Right? So I just want to make sure you guys think about that. And, and it's important that you reach out to people. There's a lot of my mentors, Jason, I reached out to, right? Like when I got Grant Cardone on my podcast, right? Like we emailed him, right? I had my team email him or whatever else, probably close to, I think like over 135 times we counted, right? That we emailed him and his assistant, right? Boom, boom, whatever. And he, he finally reached back out and was like, dude, I'm only doing this because of how insanely persistent, you know, he's like, your team's calling my offices. They're annoying the shit out of my assistant. They're doing this, they're doing that. He's like, let's, let, you know what? Let's just do it, man. Let's just do it. And, and a lot of these people that like, you know, there's a multi-billion dollar company out here in Jersey, you know, in a tri-state where I live. And I was like, you know, screw it. I'm going to email the, C the CEO, the founder, and just, you know, see if I can get on his, you know, get on his calendar and he can mentor me. Shout out an email. He emailed me back in five minutes flat. No joke. Five minutes flat. And this guy's a multi-billionaire. And, he, and he's like, hey, yeah, sure. Do you want to do tomorrow? And I was like, Hell yeah, I'll do tomorrow. I'm coming. So, so don't be scared, guys, to, to, to reach out and to ask advice from people you want to be like. Even if they're not in your circle yet or if you don't know those people, Google them, research them. find Who is the people? And then go find them and then reach out and just be relentless, you know, and eventually somebody will say yes. And eventually, even if you have somebody in your family, friends, network that you know somebody who knows somebody whose uncle's goldfish is this person, you know, like – you, there's got to be somebody in your network that that knows a little bit more than the people you're probably going to ask for advice or feel comfortable enough to be like, hey, should I do this? Right? Like, don't put your big goals in somebody else's hands and don't allow people's limiting beliefs on what they can do in the world be imposed on you. Because sometimes and most often, that's what they do. And people don't go after big, big, hairy, audacious goals because somebody else told them, yo, yeah. that's not a Jason, that's crazy. You can't start that multi-million dollar company. You're a teacher. You can't do this. What do you think that's you right. are? You know, but <laughs> ask the right people. Well, you know what? You, what's funny is that if you, I, you go back to the first big question I asked you about, about success, you, I said, what's your one key? And you said movement. And then you went on to talk about that. And then I asked you, what's your piece of advice? You said persistence. That is the same thing. Persistence and movement. That's what that is. It, it is moving right. in the same direction you want to go. And I have a I have a, a similar but interesting, uh, I think, 
quasi interesting story about my a podcast guest I've been trying to get on for a year. I'm not going right. to name him because I don't want to screw things up, but he is a huge dude who started one of the biggest companies in the world that everybody listening to this show knows. Yeah. Um, he wrote an amazing book about the start of his company and how he did it. And so I started reaching out to him like a year ago and I set it up on like automatic emails every 30 days or boom, something. Boom. boom, 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 boom. And he at first responded, said, yeah, we'd like to get on his assistant. Yeah, we got on the show. And then he got it scheduled. And I thought, holy crap, I got this dude on my show. And then he canceled. He's like, something happened. Uh, I'm like, oh, no. So I kept reaching out, kept reaching out. And he kept saying, no, sorry, no, 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 no. Well, the just last week, I think it was last week, he responded and said, you know, I really appreciate your persistence going to what John Hero mm -hmm. just told us about. I really appreciate persistence and I admire it. I'm not doing any shows right now. I will start doing them in the fall and to reward your persistence, you'll be the first person I call. So dude, he's Bam. coming on my show this fall, man, just out of persistence, the power of persistence, man. Well, congratulations, yeah. John, on all your success. I'm really glad that we know each other. Uh, how can people reach out to you? What's the best way to connect with John Vigero? The best way for me would be probably via Instagram, you know, at the Johnny, J-O-H-N-Y, it's one N. Um, and then anything on Adapting Social, you know, uh, all the social channels, go to our website, you know, if you have any questions, um, if you're trying to build your business, build your revenue, scale your company, you know, we, we can help you. The one thing, again, because I always want to just serve, I don't want to drop one more golden nugget here on what you just said. There was, if you're in, if you're in the service-based business and you need to get a client, one piece of advice I'd give you that helped me tremendously, speaking about persistence, is there was one massive client that I've been trying to close, you know, I would say probably for seven years. Not one year, not six months, not two months, seven years, right? And just recently I heard something and I, and, and I was like, let me try this. So the dude gets blown up his emails, whatever, like we're blowing this guy up all the time or whatever. And he, at this point, like we have like even like a banter going back and forth where he's like, yeah, listen, we're still good, we're still good, whatever. So I was like, I'm gonna go above and beyond because that's what we do here, right? And it took me seven years to do this and I'm pissed it took me seven years, but I, through my team's research, saw that he has kids, right? And he's a big family guy, right? So I went ahead and I bought season passes for him and his, I think his four kids to go to Six Flags, which I don't know if you guys have a Six Flags by you, but it's like a small yeah. Disney. So Six Flags, right? I bought him season passes for all the kids, right? And at the beginning of the season, right? And I sent him a personalized letter with it Telling him, hey, listen, you know, I, I know I've been on your radar. I know my team has been busting your chops and been going back and forth, whatever. But family's most important thing, you know, and, and one of the things that I respect about you as a successful entrepreneur and one that I inspire to be like is that you have your family at the forefront of everything that you're doing. And so whether or not we do business together, just one, one entrepreneur to another, you know, I hope you enjoy this. Bam. I was in his office, I think the next week. Right. And he fired his other marketing company, hired us literally pretty much on the spot. And it's been like probably the best thing I've ever done to that point with, with our sales team and like us being more personalized. But my point though is we're talking about persistence. I like calculated and, and thoughtful persistence though, because the one thing that sometimes we'll see is every time, and this is the thing with my team, it's part of our, our IP for marketing, but when we do those automated emails or if my team's reaching out, they will never. So for seven years, this guy got emails and phone calls. Not one email has ever been the same. And that's what he told me he respected. So it's not an automated canned you know, response email that's right. dripping. This was every single one is now set up in a different way and dripping in different ways and different whatevers. And anyway, I want to drop that nugget for anybody out there in the service-based industry because a lot of times we, we just try to throw out the value that we can provide as a marketer or as whatever, but we don't think about them and what we can just do for them and not ask anything in return. And that helped me. So hopefully that can help somebody out there, you know, get, get ahead and get in front of that big client you want to get. John Vigero, CEO and founder of Adapting Social. Go check him out on Instagram at Adapting Social, or you're going to check out his personal Instagram at VJohnny, and that's Johnny with one N, VJohnny on Instagram. John, thanks for being a part of the show today. It's an honor to know you. Thanks for being here. Congrats on all your success, and a big shout out to your mom, whom you retired through your success. So congratulations, man.
Thank you, man. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, there you have it. Another very successful entrepreneur and his journey to success. Um, it's really, I think probably the thing I admire the most is what he did for his mom. I mean, certainly there's a lot of cool stuff that he's done, but I know that one of my uh, goals as I continue to build my life as an entrepreneur, build my wealth, is that there are certain financial goals for my family, my parents, my mother-in-law, et cetera, that I want to accomplish. And, and so to see somebody as young as him to have been able to accomplish that so early, it's really an admirable thing. So pay attention to what he said about movement being his one key to success, which really is persistence. And the power of persistence is something that you cannot underestimate. So maybe you're at a place now where you're thinking about giving up. Maybe maybe times are tough. Maybe you went through a partnership divorce. Maybe you've had a vendor who screwed you on something. Maybe you had a customer back out of a big project. But don't give up. Whatever you do, don't give up because you can't get to your goal if you give up. Just like I said to John in the show, what if Thomas Edison had given up at the 5,000th try of creating the electric light bulb? I don't think anybody would have blamed him but we wouldn't have the electric light bulb the way that we have it now. We wouldn't, we wouldn't experience that life that he was able to introduce us to through the electric light bulb. So don't give up. You're doing something amazing for this world. Don't give up. I want to make sure that you check out my book, Exit Without Exiting. You can pick this up at therealjasonduncan.com slash book, therealjasonduncan.com slash book. Check this out. This is going to tell you the stories of three different entrepreneurs and about how they persisted through their startup phase, growth phase, and then how they eventually exited. Three different exits, three different styles, and three different outcomes. And there's one that I think you're really going to like. It's Exit Without Exiting. You can pick this up at therealjasonduncan.com slash book. Go check it out. And if you've read it, please go and leave me a review on Amazon, five-star review about the book if you think it deserves it so that more people will see that book. So thank you for listening to the show today. Please tune again and tune in again next time when I talk with another successful entrepreneur about his or her journey to success. Until then, as always, I am the real Jason Duncan and Jesus is King. Attention business owners. Attention business owners. Feeling burnout from running your business? Uncertain if you're nearing burnout? Take our free 10-question business burnout test at businessburnouttest.com to discover where you stand. With just 10 quick questions, you'll learn how to immediately begin making changes to regain freedom and success. Cut your daily operations time in half. Improve your quality of life and prepare your business for your future exit without losing revenue or profit. Visit businessburnouttest.com now and take the test. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with The Real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Follow Jason on social media at The Real Jason Duncan. See you again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.